A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Rumble. No Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Gowen. Hello, Swarf Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I'm kind of excited about the experience of live streaming Super Showdown in a few hours from when we're recording this, but I'm not looking forward to the show itself. It's a weird dynamic. Well, can I get you excited about something? Yes. Before we get into the main show, I'm going to give you a very quick recommendation for this week's episode of AEW Unrestricted, which is their podcast series, because they interview Cody on uh, this week's episode. And the first 15 minutes is just Cody and Tony Schiavone geeking out over Star Trek. What? Yeah. And it's just them like, talking about their favourite captains, no, no. like their opinions on uh, Discovery, Don't tease me, thoughts Luke. on Picard, no. and everything. Oh. And it's uh, yeah, like it's just Cody talking about his love of Star Trek and Tony being like, oh yeah, you know, and then he talked about his favourite bits for like the first fifteen minutes of the interview. Good lord! And then Aubrey ruined it by taking it back to wrestling. I was like, no, Aubrey! God damn it, women! <laughs> Let us talk about Star Trek. <laughs> But anyway, let's crack on into the show. But before we do that, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a little follow. If you're on iTunes, give us a little rating and review. That helps us get notes in the podcast feed. But click that follow button on Spotify if you found us that way. That's really, really important, we've been told. But let's get into the show itself. Um, we're talking about the changed finish on this week's AEW. Here is the show. was <clears throat> there was one pin a piece going into the final well a DQ yes and a pin. good point the first so, one, a DQ. so a one fall a piece one fall a piece in the 30 man Iron Man match and the Iron Maiden and it gets down to the final three minutes Pac has the brutalizer locked in it's locked in for ages and Omega looks like he's going to tap he reverses it he puts him on the pin but it's straight back into the into the brutalizer gets the ropes Brings him back straight into the brutalizer. Omega holds on. It's declared a draw. The crowd are like, huh, yeah, that was good, yeah. but you know, it's, it's a draw. Did it's really a want draw. A draw. Wanted to finish here. Pack decks the referee 
It was Paul Turner, yep. I believe, and then Justin Roberts in a great bit of acting. Yeah. He really got down the, I'm getting some breaking news from the back face. Someone is saying something in my ear right now. It's going to go to sudden death. And the crowd got very, very excited. It erupted. Aubrey Edwards, the second referee, runs down to call the final few minutes. And Kenny Omega manages to get the win with a one-winged one angel. angel. Yeah. And wasn't it something else as well? Uh, oh, he hit a Kamagoye, which yeah. is a Bushi's finisher, yeah. and then the one-winged angel. Now, great finish, great match. Awesome. A lot of people are calling it the best match in AEW Dynamite history, so on TV. Yeah. There's an argument overall, yeah. including pay-per-view. I um, I posted up on Twitter. I don't often talk about wrestling on Twitter. I'm usually plugging my own little podcast. Um, but What's I did, it called? Uh, it's called Under Consultations, the uh, Games Master Retrospective Podcast. You can find it on uh, Apple Podcast and on Spotify. Uh, reviewing. Anyway, um, but I put up on there, imagine thinking Kenny Omega isn't one of the best wrestlers in the mm. world. Just like imagine being that person that doesn't think. And a lot of people you know, have said his matches have not been as good as his New Japan work, which I do agree with. But he's still one of the best wrestlers in the world. And he is having these incredible matches in AEW. And he's... Rarely put a foot wrong. His story in 2019 didn't work, but they've really righted that wrong in 2020. And this match right here is just an incredible example of why he is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Take away nothing from Pac. Pac was also incredible <laughs> yeah. in this match. But this match was just... Br it was amazing. For so me, good. For me, if I had to choose, I still think uh, Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix is my favourite. Yeah. <coughs> because... Because it's Phoenix. <laughs> uh, but why did it end in that way? Why didn't it end in a draw? Dave Meltzer knows why. Uh, the reason this happened the way it did is, is was because of the Pack versus Will Ospreay match in London. Yes. This was a match from last year. Yeah, high stakes 2019. It was in February last year. Uh, it was, that was just after like, Pack had come back from doing, like, did the Dragon Gate stuff. And then this was like one of his first... I think it was his second Rev Pro match because he mm. had one with Zack Sabre Jr. as well. So this was like, this is in your call, this was Rev Pro's home turf. But Pac was still in that whole open the Dreamgate championship thing where it's like he didn't want to be losing anything while he was champion. They also didn't want to beat Will, so they went to a 30-minute time limit draw. And the crowd cottoned onto it quite quick when they kept announcing it's 20 minutes of the match left, 10 minutes of the match left, it's five minutes of the match left. And you could feel the crowd murmurs going... We want to finish. And it went to a time limit draw and the crowd crapped all over it. Which is, I think, unfair. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a... I believe Pack and Osprey go into a time limit draw. We've seen a few time limit draws on Dynamite anyway. Yeah. I've got no qualms with that. You don't want to beat Omega. You don't want to beat Pack. But they... This was a Tony Khan call. Off the back of that, not very widely seen match. No. Khan was at that show. He was at that show, yeah. Uh, so they teased that finish to make everyone knowing that, that, so they'd be pissed, and then to have this massive sort of cathartic upswing of support when they announced that it's sudden death. Yes, we will see a finish. Yeah, and you know, I had the sort of same reaction when it came to the draw, because I, I thought we might go to a draw, and I was like, oh man. But you know, at the same time, I don't really mind, yeah. because I want to see more of this match. and. So I, was, I kind of wish they had done the draw, even though, you know, the crowd wouldn't have been as receptive to it. But I do think that they did something that was quite good in saving Pac somewhat. Because Pac would have won the match had it not been for the Young Bucks. 
Yeah, because the Young Bucks threw Pack in, sorry, threw Omega back in while he was being counted out behind the referee's back. So Omega, so Pack would have won this match had it not been for the Young Bucks interference, which actually ties then into their tag match. They've got a revolution. There's a lot of spinning plates in there. So I thought they did protect Pack as, as much as they could do in this loss. I will also add that, sure, it went 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So the closing moments of the actual 30 minutes of, of the match was Pack had Omega locked in the Brutalizer. He had him locked in for three minutes. He was so close to tapping. Omega was like that, stopping yeah. himself because he could see the timer, the clock running out. If there wasn't that break in time, and it, it just did, did go to overtime, Pack would have won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pack, Pack had the match won on several occasions, yeah. So that's, I, I think, I know the Bucks helped Omega in, uh, but of course Pack cheated as well. There was underhand tactics, we'll get into it. But I think he was more protected by the fact that he, there was that gap between the actual 30 minute match, which he would have won, and the restart. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I thought it was, um, yeah, some, I, I just thought it was a really, really great match. It was an interesting though, on that uh, Kenny Omega being thrown back in by the Bucks, Jimmy Corderas tweeted out that that spot didn't make any sense because AEW do 20 counts. Mm. Do they? AEW don't do 20 counts. Well, that's what I thought, because he said the ma that, that doesn't make sense because AEW do 20 counts, there, and they did a 10-count spot there. But I always thought they were doing 10-count spots. I know New Japan do 20 counts. Yeah. But I wasn't sure then if I'd misremembered something, because I really, like, I got so emotionally wrapped up in that moment. So, I mean, well, you know, I'm throwing this out into the chat. Mm. Does, has AEW they had a history of doing 20 counts? I can't remember now. I honestly now can't remember. Say. So, yeah, no, uh, yeah, someone's just said there. Um, AEW always did 10 counts. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I, w I just deferred to, to Jimmy on that one, so like, I'm sure that he knows more than I do. So uh, the actual match itself, they've changed Kenny Omega's entrance video. That was it. That, as soon as they changed that, and it's like all about him winning now. It, was, it, felt like <laughs> it felt like this is the video package we were supposed to get when he finished his redemption arc story that started last year. But they kind of like shot that in the head and was like, no, no, let's not do that anymore. You're just now the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. He's like, okay, that's my character again. But he still had the, mm, a bit, bit sad though. It was just him walking with an expressionless face and a rucksack on through Shibuya, Tokyo yeah, through or Shibuya. Shibuya. That doesn't get me excited for a match. I know, dude, I know. But and I've now... been saying it forever and this works so much better. And now it's all about him winning and holding titles and being the best. And it, it does make you go like, oh yeah, he is really good. I'm way more into this match now. Yeah. Uh, you can see how excited I was when I saw it in my notes. <laughs> it's all in capitals. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we won't go through a full play-by-play. -play. You just really recommend going to watch this match. I mean, it's, it's one of the best matches of the year. So de definitely check it out. So, so good. But it was, they've got 30 minutes to fill. You think they're going to spread it out? No. A few lock-up bits in the first minute, and then it's, it sort of breaks down. And then they just go nuts. It was so good. Terminator dives outside. Amazing. Uh, just one wing danger, one brutalizer reversals. The uh, the brainbuster off the top rope. Oh, like that, and it felt like Pack in characters of the kayfabe world changed his mind during the doing of that move. Like he was going to suplex him because that mm. would be, this would be his thing, doing the top rope suplex, but changed it in midair into the brainbuster to kind of alter Kenny's falling. Thought that was really, really good stuff, and like. 
the boot by Kenny Omega when he just kicked back and Pac goes, whoa, <laughs> right into the corner. That's amazing. And they had some great near falls. Yes. Like the Tiger oh Driver 98, yeah. uh, the reversal of the one-winged angel that Kenny then reversed into uh, the German... So, yeah, so Pac reversed the one-winged angel and then Kenny reversed that reversal into that German suplex, like this tight, yeah. folding up German suplex. Amazing oh, That was stuff. a pin, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then about we're 15 minutes in now, Pac's kind of had enough. He's had a few near falls. He's round the outside. He grabs a chair in full front view of the referee, clobbers Omega over the head with it, and then a second time, Bucks run in, and they're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? They're checking on Omega, and the referee... Calls for the DQ. Yeah. Because that's uh, you know, that's that's not allowed. There's a 30 second break, which I love in Iron Man matches. You know, like the Iron Man stipulation gets a lot of stick from people. They're like, oh yeah, but it doesn't really matter until the final few minutes. I love Iron Man. I d I've come to realise I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Same with the two out of three falls stuff. Oh, yeah. but the only the last fall counts. But I really enjoy the story of how to get there. Yeah, you get the, you got the drama to get yeah. to that final four. And I love the strategy. I love the strategy of I'm just going to DQ myself here to get a, a fall immediately after, which is Pat gets up, Black Arrow, he gets a fall. So we're one apiece going into the air break. Interestingly, yeah. first DQ in AEW Dynamite. I mean, they should have had one on the first episode. And think they've also should have had like two or three in other moments as well. But yep, this is actually the first DQ, yeah. actual recorded DQ. So the company has made a conscious decision to not do DQ finishes because that kind of implies a cheating of the fans. And this is okay because they did it within the confines of a larger match where yeah. it's not the finish. And even the finish, the draw finish, they, they didn't cheat fans out of that as well. The other and it's almost like... They've got the fans in mind. I know, man. Uh, the other spot we didn't talk about in that first fall was when Kenny looked like he was about to try and do a one-winged angel off the middle rope. Yes. Um, that Pac then reversed into this amazing powerbomb. And then the V-trigger near fall as well. But the, during the ad break, it was just Pac beating up Omega mm. because now he's got the complete advantage because he's been battering. He battered this dude with a chair. Yeah. Um, that Mishinoku driver off the apron was rough for both of them. I'm yeah. sure they're both fine, but oh, I wouldn't want to take it. And I then, muted the crowd there because there was lots of holy S-word chants. Yeah, uh, the ref got bumped, so Pack grabbed a table and hit the shooting star press off the top rope to the floor. And this table had such a lovely Kit Kat break <laughs> that it sort of folded up and hit him and hit Pack in the head. It was it was brutal. Yeah, he it, it was an incredible spot. Yeah, you know that. It, a shooting star press from the top rope to the outside through a table. That's that's me playing that's with toys, a man. video game. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, or a video game for adults. A video game. A video <laughs> game. Um, I will be playing with my AEW action figures, though. Yeah. Have you ordered all of them? I haven't, mate. Um, and this is where Omega nearly got counted out and the Bucks threw him back in. Mm. And I honestly thought that was going to be a count out. I thought, <laughs> it was so close. I thought Pac's getting the second win here yeah. by count out. That's, that's really ingenious. But the Bucks threw him back in, which is even better because we haven't talked about this yet. The Bucks were at ringside mm. for Omega the entire time, despite the fact they are you know, competitors this coming Saturday over the tag titles but Hangman Page was not at ringside. And it was just sort of more in this, what is the greatest story in wrestling currently? 
that is fueled even further during their sit-down interview, which we'll talk about later. Which, for my money, is the best thing on the show. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. With, with this match on, yeah, yeah, it's right. still the, the sit-down interview. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Uh, but yeah, then it's the final sequence that we spoke about. Locked in the brutalizer for ages, goes to sudden death, and then Omega gets the win. Just an absolutely incredible match. Yeah. Incredible match. And just to wrap up this segment, uh, Tony Schiavone, or Schiavone, Schiavone, however Jericho mispronounces that. Schiavone. Schiavone interviews Pac on the ramp and says, like, yeah, you've been sort of abusing Kenny and his friends and stuff for, for months, and you, you, and you, you lost, lost to him. <laughs> and he's like, are you taking the piss? Yeah. <laughs> the crowd booed Tony. But I thought I liked it. Yeah. It was kind of like when Mean Gene has a moral compass. Yeah. And you know, I, I I was on the side of Tony in this. I thought it was great interviewing work. Yeah. And Orange Cassidy to, came out. And when so I knew that this match was being announced because I was going through the comments in our AEW uh, predictions video yesterday, and someone said you didn't, you forgot to do Pack Cassidy, and I'm like, well. We were, Video came out before that happened. Also, before the Nyla Statlander match was announced as well. Yeah. Um, but so I knew this was coming. And when I was during the first match, I saw a lot of people dressed up as Orange Cassidy. I was like, they're going to lose their goddamn minds when this gets announced. And when he came out, this crowd lost their minds when he went up to Pack to do like the big, the hands in. And Pack just lays him out. He's got no time for this joke. And we're getting Pack versus Cassidy. A revolution, a match that I am looking forward to so much. And it's had pretty much no build. But yet it's somehow had more than Nyla Rose Chris Tatlander. Yes. <laughs> uh, Orange Cassidy hasn't wrestled a single match on Dynamite. And everyone is so into You know, th there will be people who do not like the idea of this match. I, and I would say... Comedy wrestling has always been a part of wrestling, even that 80s style you love. Yeah, even yeah. New Japan, they still have bits like this. And variety on the card is so important. And Pac's not going to come out of this looking rubbish. He's, you know, that They'll find a way to protect both guys and stay true to their gimmicks. So trust in AEW here. Uh, but I, I, I am enormously excited for that bout. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, Podswafters. If you're listening to this right now, I want you to take a second and look down. When was the last time you shaved your junk? It's been a while, don't lie. So let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, for holding people like you accountable to getting rid of the funk and shave your junk. Regular listeners to this show will remember my shaving mishap story. There's still a tiny bit of blood on my bed sheets. But that won't happen again thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. They've also got anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturiser. I mean, I put deodorant on my body, so I guess I should put some on the smallest part of my body, right? Smelliest. Sorry, what? The, the script says smelliest, you said smallest. Oh, can we get a read? And when you purchase the new Perfect Package 3.0 kit at manscaped.com, for a limited time only, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag worth $39, and the high-performance, anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WRESTLETALK at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D dot com with the code WRESTLETALK to get 20% off and free shipping. Support WrestleTalk, support Manscaped, support your balls, and use the code WRESTLETALK at manscaped.com. Your neat and tidy balls will thank you. into your su- 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 super chats on the subject of the, the finish. Uh, Nate Drop's surname says, best TV match anywhere since dot 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 question mark. Amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was just really, really great stuff. If you haven't seen that match, like, go out of your way to, to see it this week. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, it's, you owe it to yourself to go and watch that match. It's incredible professional wrestling. I'd say best TV match since, you know, that four-way tag. Since <laughs> that... When the Bucks, when Omega and Page won the tag titles, when Nick Jackson took on Phoenix, it's like AEW keep putting on these great TV matches. And I do think it's because they've only got four pay-per-views a year. Yeah. They can spread this out on TV more. Love it. Uh, Marco Talon 12, super chat for Kenny's new entrance video. Yeah. Yes, finally. Jobber JJ 496, yet another great AEW. It's been just a flawless run. Yeah, this Apart from the women's division. This, yes. Uh, this 2020 has been 
very, very good to AEW. I was already excited for the pay-per-view and super excited, and super excited, Pack versus Orange Cassidy, that's a thumbs up party! Is indeed. But uh, do you Orange Cassidy's way? A very low effort thumbs up. Yeah, but on uh, Saturday, he's going to try. <laughs> Colostopia, if Paige turns heel, you can't blame him. Yes. That's what's so great about his character. Also, Pack versus Orange hype. JR really loves dipping dots. Not the dipping dots! <laughs> Says it was in the brawl at the end. Yeah. This has turned into a bit of a meme. I was looking at Reddit, and yeah. at all the comments for this episode was just dipping dots! Because that happened to them previously. And um, when they did the brawl yes. with uh, the inner circle uh, with Cody. Yeah. I'll just do two more. Uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad. If you haven't seen the Revolution Countdown show that aired after Dynamite, you really should. It's so good. I wonder if it's like, because the build up video they did for Double or Nothing was flawless television stuff. Mm. And so I'm kind of hoping that this is kind of in that similar vein. I'm going to try and watch it tomorrow. Apparently, it's a Tony Khan thing. Mm. He loves the UFC build-up shows. Uh, the main event to this episode was very UFC-influenced. It's just, I feel like 2020 AEW is what I thought AEW yeah. was when it launched. Okay, but it wasn't in that 2019 bit. It was like, you know, here's the librarians, here's the Dark Order, which, you know, is fine, but I wanted a sports-based New Japan version... Of in, Western Wrestling. Of yeah. Western Wrestling. And... You know, this all coincides with the reports that Tony Khan has taken the book more. And every time I hear about something I like, Dave Meltzer's there going, that was a Tony Khan move. That was a Tony Khan idea. I'm just thinking, is he actually the new, is he, is he the US Gado? Yeah. Yeah, it could be, man. Um, and let me just do this last one. Very generous from J. Bay Bates. Thank, Thank you very, very much. much. I was at AEW last night oh. in Kansas City. Yes. And they played Broken Matt Hardy's laugh during the commercial break. And everyone was doing delete chants. You don't have to believe me, but I wouldn't pay to have this pinned. Mm. Now, I've got a theory on this, but I'm going to save that for later in the Yeah, show. because there was a the little dark, spot. The Dark Order promo, indeed. So we've already talked about the opening match. Um, then we get a little interview bit backstage with Lexi. I, I, like, I don't know what her surname is, but I got her name is Lexi. You know she's DDP's daughter. Is she really? Mm -hmm. Well, that MJF wanted to hook up with. Mm. Uh, don't blame him. <laughs> and she's outside the Inner Circle's dressing room, which is called Painmaker Pain Posse. Posse. Yeah, because they were doing the big sort of weigh-in thing later. And when they came, when they all came out with the Painmaker Posse tractors, I was like, okay, that's actually pretty genius. Yeah. Because yeah. like Painmaker Posse, like, that's quite lame. But then when you see them all do it, it's like, oh, it's lame on purpose. I get it now. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, and Jake, it's kind of dodgeball-esque, especially when they came <laughs> down to the ring with their entrance. Uh, Jake Hager answers, and she asks him the question. He's a mute. Yeah. He doesn't speak. Great. Uh, then we get the Inner Circle versus Jurassic Express. Santana, Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara repping here. This was just... I think the crowd would have been going ballistic for this match if it wasn't for the incredible match that happened beforehand. Yeah, I completely agree. And even though the crowd were super into this match, well, because this was a eight-minute match where they did 15 minutes worth of stuff, and it was just all action all the time. If you are one of those sort of, like, 
you know, uh, tag team pedants of just like, where are the tags? <laughs> this was just like, no, 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 we're just going to go out there and just do nothing but spots for eight minutes and the crowd will love it. Yeah, it's like, no tags and here's Marco's stunt. <laughs> it's like they're trying to make Jim Corner implode. <laughs> I, don't, I struggle to take notes on this. It's impossible. Yeah, but it built from the Battle Royale last week. In fact, both the tag matches we got uh, built from the Battle Royale. And I've just written, crazy acts to kick things off. This is bonkers. I love it. Everyone is great. They all do spots. Luchasaurus gets a hot tag and runs effing wild. Yeah. And they did this big three, like, triple running boot onto Sammy Guevara, kicked his head off into the next century. And then Luchasaurus was something else in this match. His kicks and the way he moves mm. around the ring are lovely. Just lovely yeah. stuff. Uh, and the finish comes when Sammy Guevara's setting up to use Santana on Ortiz's sock full of pool balls. And he's going to hit Jungle Boy with it. But Darby Allen is there. Yeah. He grabs the sock. And he, that distraction lets the Express win. There's a little brawl. And Sammy is annoyed and walks off. Very, very nice booking. Yeah, really, really nice. Stuff. Like to set up that Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara uh, revolution match. And then in the break. And another win for Jungle Boy there as well. Oh, yeah, good point. Darby's got the placards and he's saying, you know, at Revolution, the coffin will drop. I'm really so, looking forward to that match. Really am. Darby Allen got a huge pop as well. Yeah, like yeah. On the, on, off the back of that pop he got last week, like he, his star is on the rise. Yeah, I've got to be honest. He's kind of Jeff Hardy to me, and that I don't quite get him. Yeah. But I, you can't argue with the reactions he's getting. I think he's very inventive for the way he approaches a feud. Everything makes sense. He's yeah. added the, the, the losing of the voices. Yeah. Makes him scarier. I, so I only saw Derby for the first time last year at Super Strong Star when we were there for the progress. Yes, that was yeah. the first time I'd seen Derby Allen. And he was one of those guys that as soon as he started, I was like, oh my God, I love this dude. Mm. Like the, when he made his entrance and the way that he is presented and his sort of look and style, I was like, oh, I, I'm really into this dude. Mm. Very much looking forward to seeing what he does in AEW. And I just, I'm really excited to see his star on the rise now. I completely get it though, like you, you on the Jeff Hardy thing. Um, but I was also a big Jeff Hardy mark, so maybe that's what maybe that's where it yeah, comes from. Yeah, right. I, th I think they are. He is like the yeah. modern day completely, charismatic enigma. Completely agree. Um, but yeah, better, better, better gimmick, better gimmick than the charismatic enigma. <laughs> we got a MJF Cody video package, which was just superb. Yeah. That's all we got for them on this show. Which so yeah, my only two criticisms I had against this show, like, and these are big criticisms, I would say, was no Cody and MJF, which I really think you could have done something off the back of that cage match last week and no build for Rose Statlander. Like that, and that's a really big one. Yeah. Like that's such an oversight. Mm. And actually I think it's an unforgivable oversight as well. Um, but I, this video package was good and it was really good, but I would have liked to have seen an in-ring confrontation between mm. the two. But I mean, they have spunk their load. They've just put on so many great segments. It didn't need anything more. And I guess maybe you want that last thing to be the, the peak of the the story, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to doing an inferior follow-up this week. Not that it would be bad, but just how the hell do you top the cage match? Yeah. Uh, yet then we got Best Friends versus Butcher and Blade. After being initially cool on Butcher, Blade and the Bunny, which is, you know, sort of AW's fault for the way they debuted. It really was. I, I really look forward to their matches. Yeah. Just because I want to see the Butcher do that walk around the <laughs> ring. He's his, awesome. His look is something else. <laughs> he's, he's got a great look about him. And actually, you know, Blade <coughs> has as well. Yeah. And the bunny out there with them is also a really, I, I just think they're a very cool unit. 
My, my problem with them, the only thing I'd fix, is that Bunny, Ali, at the moment, feels like a valet. Yeah. Like, she, she should... Why isn't she having matches in the women's division? Because then they're, then they're a threat. Like, yeah. the whole unit is a threat. But at the moment, Bunny is just this, you know, sexualized woman who comes down to the ring with them yeah. and does an interference spot behind the referee's back. When she, when she is a very good wrestler. Yeah, it's not the best use of Ali. Uh, but yep, this was a really fun match. Not as exciting as the six-man, but it had an excellent spot where everyone's out of the ring. Orange Cassidy gets in, Bunny gets in, and Bunny takes Cassidy's sunglasses. She stops him doing the hands. Yeah. Cassidy as well, selling the jaw the whole mm -hmm. way down, sort of like trying to put his jaw back into position. Yeah, he goes to do the hands. Bunny stops him. And takes off his glasses and puts it on. The commentator was like, "You never steal a man's shades." Yeah. <laughs> but then, because I, I, I was like, "Oh, where do you go from here?" And Cassidy just gets Bunny's ears and puts it on his head. It was so. <laughs> it's such a stupid, goofy spot. But I laughed so hard at home. Yeah. I popped massively for because it. they're treating it seriously. Yeah, and it just makes you believe in it so much more. Uh, and then I don't. Orange's timing is so good because then he ducks an attack he doesn't know is coming and then he dodges something else. It's a whole mishmash and it uh, ends with the best friends pinning the blade. Yeah, with Strong Zero. Yeah. So Cassidy wiped out Butcher on the outside mm -hmm. um, with a dive. And Bunny's reaction to their loss was really good. So actually this feels like this is a, a, a feud that isn't over yet. Yeah, a lot of babyface wins on this show. Mm -hmm. Uh, but well, I guess because the ending was quite heel heavy. And we're getting a lot of heel wins. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, and that's when Tony announces he's in the ring. I love how they use uh, Skiavani. Yeah, because he got off commentary. Mm -hmm. Like after that first match and Taz took over. So because like, Tony took on this sort of like interview role, like on the stage and then in the ring and then later on for the, the weigh-in. I don't think that's the worst idea. I don't think so either. I, I love Taz on commentary. Yeah, Taz was great. Tony's great on commentary, but... What really does he bring apart from, wow, wrestling's changed so much. I love this new style of wrestling. 90s nostalgia. However, when he's used in that interviewer format, he's really, really effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like sort of the, he's not the backstage interviewer. He's the onstage interviewer. interviewer. Sorry, Alex Marvez. <laughs> you seem like a nice guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he is a nice guy as well, but... Yeah, it just didn't work out. You're not Jim Ross. You're not Tony Schiavone. You're not Taz. Yeah. It's, yeah, few people are. <laughs> yeah. uh, then Chuck Taylor cuts this promo, <laughs> saying the joke's on pack because we know this time Cassidy's going to try. And the crowd start chanting, please don't try, please don't try. <laughs> and oh, Trent grabs the mic. We didn't actually tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame Chuck isn't allowed the mic more often because he's very, very funny. Yeah. Uh, well... He's all, he also swears a lot and makes a lot of bad taste jokes. So maybe that's why he's not <laughs> yeah. given the mic. But I find him hilarious. Uh, unfortunately, the next segment wasn't so good. There was a cultaholic sign in the crowd. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes marks mm. can infiltrate wrestling shows. <laughs> it was the Try as we might. <laughs> it was the four way for nothing. Uh, well, it was it was to face the yeah. winner of a match this. Saturday that was never really announced on TV, which is Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander for the women's title. Uh, no actual build on TV, really, since the match was announced on social it's a media. Real shame. So here we've got Yuka Zaki. Yuka Sakazaki. 
Yep. Who I love. <laughs> uh, big Swell, Shanna, and Sheena. Yeah. I love all four of these. I'll be honest, when the graphic came up at the start of the show, I thought it was a tag match. Yes. And I wrote down in my notes, this was a tag match, and then all four of them squared off, and I was like, oh no, it's a fatal four-way. It's because this is this is so lazy. It's And it's a shame because everything else feels like it's had months of thought put into it. You know, all these tag matches are spinning out of a battle royal from last week, and there's the rankings, and everything intersects. And you get to the women's division, and it's like they've just sent people out there. Yeah. And yeah, they're getting time. They're getting the chances to put on really good wrestling. And four years ago, that would have been revolutionary. It really would have Because been. that wasn't happening. Apart from TNA. On WWE, at least. But now it's like, they, they feel like such an afterthought. You got your one match a week. And the, like... I get the sense that they feel like they have to put this on. Yeah, I, I was going to say something along, similar along those lines, actually. This does feel like this is, well, we've got to do this, which is what like the Divas division used to be. Mm. It was just like, well, we, we need to give the crowd their history, <coughs> so we have to feature a match. Otherwise, you know, why, why are we paying them? And so to try and defend this in a way, this is the fourth week now of this sort of soft reset where you had Brandy drop the Nightmare Collective, which was really this anchor that was weighing the division down. And then the week following, you had Nyla win the title because the Riho experiment hadn't really got over because she missed a whole month of TV and she wasn't getting any storylines or anything. Not her fault. Absolutely not her fault. And then last week was the Nyla promo, which was really, really good. And Statlander and Big Swole kind of like squaring off. Sort of felt like, okay, so we're doing the, you know, this almost feels like we're doing some storylines now. They're not really storylines, but it's something. And then we got to this, and this felt like this was from four months ago when we didn't really know where this division was yeah. going. And it is just four women going out there, having a good match, but it doesn't really feel like anything is gaining stuff. The mm. commentators are doing the best they can to say, like, this is, you know, establishing this pecking order of who is the next challenger. But it didn't really feel like that way coming out the back of it. Plus, you've got the title match this Saturday. Uh, yeah, I, and, and unfortunately, as great as these four were, and I, I really, really enjoyed uh, Sakazaki. She's phenomenal. Yeah. It was by far the weakest match on the, on, on the episode. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, it's, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they had a lot of ideas for the men's division, but they had to kind of switch everything up in the last month or so because of, of the Nightmare Collective plans falling through. And they've done some course correction stuff, but maybe they're like, oh, okay, right, we've got ideas, let's just, but we need to properly sit down and think it out. Let's just put these people out for the next couple of weeks, get the pay-per-view done with, and then yeah. we can start building something properly. But we, we, we have been saying this since October. If it's the same next week, Maybe Khan does have a bad side, and it is just this kind of negligence over the women's wrestling. Yeah, it, and it certainly doesn't help that at the start of all of this, Brandy was saying we're going to have the best women's division <coughs> in yeah. North America, like setting yourself up for a fall here. Uh, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Like, I what I would like to see is next week, you see the sods being. <laughs> sorry, the you call them sows. The seeds being laid or laid. I'm going to pick a different metaphor pieces being put into place that will eventually build to double or nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, I would like to think they have sat down and was like, okay, here is uh, Revolution, here is double or nothing, 
Here's what we'll do week to week to week to week to week till we get to double or nothing. And we can also do this that co alongside it to get us to double or nothing, which will then get us to all out. Like that is what I would like to see as opposed to uh, this is what we're currently getting. Mm -hmm. Uh, but to summarize, Sakazaki was the most over thing here. Oh, I thought Shida got some good Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But I, I would say Sakazaki was. Shida is amazing. She won in the end. Shida's my favorite wrestler in the women's division. I think she's incredible. She's awesome. Uh, Shanna was really cool. Big Swole has a definite charisma about her. I think she's so, so cool. But she is a bit clunky in the ring. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Plug uh, for AEW Restricted, which is their podcast, I which I know. recommended that Ollie listen to this week because the first 15 minutes is Cody and Tony Schiavone talking about Star Trek. Why can't that be an in-ring segment? <laughs> <laughs> it's just Cody and Tony doing week-to-week -week reviews of Picard. Call it the bridge. <laughs> you know how they always... We haven't got a thing in AEW where it's a, an interview <laughs> segment. <laughs> uh, Dark Order have a promo backstage. Very interesting uh, choice of words here. Evil Uno is saying they're going to take on SCU, a revolution like we predicted, and it's the Exalted One's command that we beat them, and Daniels will realise he's obsolete. I think this is Raven. This is another Raven moment. This is, you put Raven in that crowd to make Raven, you, pick, you think the Raven is the leader. I think they're doing this with Matt Hardy as well. I think they're doing so much. To yeah, there's a lot. It, and it's not just Uno and AEW, Matt's doing it as well. I think they're all doing this to make you think that it's Matt to reveal it's someone else. Because it's mm. not like Matt's not done this in the past. <coughs> like when he was fired from WWE after the Edge yeah. thing, he went on a tear saying, I'm going to be a TNA this Sunday. I'm going to basically, mm. in so many words, saying, I will be at the TNA pay per view this Sunday. And then he re signed with WWE. And I, because I think he is good at swerving people. And I think that they're doing the exact same thing here. I think they're doing all of this to swerve us, so we think it's Matt to reveal it's someone else. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm so. I've been so sure Hardy's going to AEW. But Mike Johnson, did you read this quote? But he was off to go to NXT. Well, he said he was offered the NXT role, and WWE are doing a lot to try and convince Matt to stay. And but you know, I was like, so what? Matt's going to go. He wants to go with the Bucks. This has been so obvious for ages, like two years. But then Mike Johnson says, my gut feeling is that Matt will stay in WWE. And the last time I remember him saying that, specifically a gut feeling, is Edge returning at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So when Mike Johnson's gut is reporting something, that's a higher track record than WrestleVotes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is all a ruse. I think this is Ugh. to make you think it is something that it's not. Um, that's just my prediction mm. on this. After that, we got the best segment on the episode, which this, is quite... Oh God, this was so good. It's a sit-down interview from earlier in the day, sort of filmed next to the ring, empty arena, JR in the middle, Paige and Omega on one side, the Bucks on the other, a sit-down between friends, between faction members, all still members of the Elite, remember, about their upcoming tag title contest against each other this Saturday. Yeah. And JR, you know, calls them the best tag team in the world. He said, you know, the Bucks for my money, no disrespect to you guys, <coughs> but, you know, the Bucks are the best tag team in the world. And Matt was saying, you know, we thought we would be the top of the mountain. We thought we'd be the tag team champs at this point. And you've just got Paige, like, just dismissing all these comments, not like verbally dismissing, but just like giving these eyes. When JR says they're the best tag team in the world, and he's like, oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm the tag champ. 
and everywhere I go, people keep telling me that they're better than me. And then you've got the Bucks also, they're not trying to be dicks, but they they think they're better. Man, the Bucks, the Bucks are always heels. <laughs> they're just heels we all really like. Yeah. There's a line here where, and, and you know, you've got, we didn't talk about this in the opening match. What the hell is Kenny doing? accepting a 30-minute Ironman match against Pac four days before the tag title defense. Right. Maybe that's why Paige wasn't out there. Maybe Paige is like, mate, priorities. Yeah. Do that later. And here he is. He has to sit there in front of these two guys who have sort of keep on saying, no, we love you. Stay with the elite. We're brothers. We're brothers. And then, so like Paige is sort of, Omega says that, this was all a beautiful accident. That Omega oh, and Paige yeah. weren't meant to be tag champions. They weren't even meant to be a team. It just happened. It just happened organically. And Paige is like, so we're an accident. Yeah. And Omega's and like, no, 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 it's not what I'm saying. Anyway, it sort of deteriorates from there. Uh, the Bucks just, the Bucks are saying, look, it's the business. We're, we want to win the titles. Yeah. And we'll be friends at the end of it. And Omega. They, they had a line where they, where I think it was Matt that said, we're the best, we're the best tag team in the world. You aren't, we are. Mm. Oh, and it was just like, that's just more fire for Paige to get, to get fired up. And there's, there were so many good lines in this, but the one that really stood out to me is this beautiful example of show, don't tell, which is Omega just caught between these two sides of the Bucks saying, we're going to win your titles. We're your best friends, but we're going to beat you for the titles. And Omega's just there going, it's all part of it. It's all part of it. Like, it's all part of the business. But what he's really saying is, oh, crap. <laughs> this sucks. And it's just, it's amazing. And Matt's like, well, shake hands afterwards. Everything will be okay because nothing's bigger than friendship. And pa Paige goes, you know, like, you say, Paige sort of answered back. Nothing crazily out of the ordinary, though. Did we mention that he's drinking throughout the yeah. entire episode? Uh, and Matt says, like, the bucks suddenly snap. Matt's like, we made you a star on being the elite. Well, yes, because he said, I've tried to walk <laughs> away from the elite. You keep saying, you know, we're the elite. But I tried to walk away from that group and you wouldn't let me. And that's when Matt and Nick snap. And they say, like, you were a nobody. Like, we brought you onto being the elite. We literally made you a star. You were a jobber in Ring of Honor until we got involved. And it is just like a, ooh. And Paige had this, uh, might be my favorite line from him. He said, this is the biggest accomplishment in my career and you're trying to take it away oh, from me. Brilliant. And, just, and he said, you know what? I haven't got a drink anymore, so I'm going. Mm. And he just storms off. Because Omega's sitting there. You know, Omega's his tag partner who should also be on Paige's side. And all he can say is, it's, you know, it's, it's what the business is. And Paige's like, well, you know, my glass is empty, so I'm leaving. And they're like, oh, so you're walking out on an interview now, are you? Yeah. It was a super awkward ending to this segment in the best kind of way. Incredible, incredible. And just like when they brought up ROH, you know, AEW aren't WWE. They don't ban mention in other companies. But that, that relationship is quite interesting, Ring of Honor and AEW. And to verbally say it, you know, pops the shoot person <laughs> in me, at least. But yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks are coming at it like, this is business. Business, business, business. It's we're, separate from personal. We're the best tag team in the world, so we should be the tag champs. And we can compartmentalize where we're going to do that, but then we can also go to dinner with you afterwards. Yeah. Whereas Paige, very understandably, has contorted it all together. 
Like he's the opposite, that they're completely linked in his head. And Omega can see both sides. It's like when he's saying it's part of it, it's all part of it. He's the, who's he saying that to? Yeah. He's saying it to himself to try and convince it. Excellent character work. Oh my God, it's the best story in wrestling. Effing hell. Move aside, <laughs> Champer and Gargano. <laughs> this, I am. Um, it's the match I'm most excited for this Sunday. Not just because I think the in-ring work, Saturday rather, the in-ring work is going to be incredible between all four guys. But this story has been built so perfectly, week by week by week. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. Because I don't know. Like mm. in my predictions, I predicted that they retain. But honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where this is going. So I'm, I'm so excited. They hug. That's great. The Bucks win. That's great. Page turns heel. That's great. Omega turns heel. That's great. You know, there's so many ways they can go. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, the that they run through the card for Revolution. I love the graphics. They're not moving. I would prefer if they were moving, but they've sort of rotoscoped real life pictures, full body pictures. It's quite nice. Uh, but then they bill next week as the Revolution aftermath episode of Dynamite, and they announce that Lance Archer is joining AEW. Apropos of nothing, they're just like, oh, by the way, Lance Archer's here next week. He signed with AEW. He's like, oh, okay, has yeah. he now? Jeff Cobb wouldn't say exclusive to us, so uh, yeah, here's Lance Archer. Yeah, we've got Lance instead, mate. Yeah, uh, so he's sort of been courting with them for a while, and yeah, he's a great wrestler. Big yeah. guy. Big guy. Looking po- forward to it. Poitomania will run mm. wild again. And the main event was this just masterful segment. It felt so real. They built it like a what was a weigh-in for the championship match on Saturday it's between a, Jericho and Moxley. What I liked about this is this is a different way of doing a contract signing. Mm. Like a contract signing is like if they were to do a contract signing, I think you would get a lot of people saying like, "Well, oh, that's just a WWE thing. You're just copying what WWE do." So they've gone like, oh, "Okay, well, let's do a different way of doing it." Because let's be honest, this was no different to a contract signing in terms of a brawl breaks out and someone gets hit on something. Yeah. But instead they did it as this weigh-in instead. And you had a photographer in the ring. You had Tony Schiavone. You brought down uh, Gary Michael Capetto, who's a legendary announcer with 40-odd years worth of experience. Sure. No idea I who this lad is. Absolutely. <laughs> you had the Inner Circle coming down in their matching like tracksuit stuff. And you had ring girls in there as well. And it was just a completely different style of presentation that I really, really like. I'd bought into it so much, I wanted to see... The weights. I wanted to hear what Jericho's <laughs> weight was. Yeah. And it's like, that, that if I was to be hyper, hyper critical, I wish Moxley would have gotten into crazy lean shape. Mm-hmm. Because so the big part of the weigh-ins isn't, you know, obviously the official reason is to make sure you're the proper weight class. But it's also, I'm freaking jacked right now. I'm going to kill you in the octagon. It's, it's all about posturing and mental mind games. So to see John Moxley get on the scales, 237, I think it was. Uh, 234. 234. And then him just look normal. Yeah. It was a, I, I wish he looked shredded. That's like, all I can say. <laughs> this, and th- I'm going to say that this is going to sound like a very <laughs> weird sentence to say. But I wrote down that he's 234 pounds. Why do I care? Yeah, yeah, Why yeah, do yeah, I right? care yeah, about because that? Because they may do care. They put value on it. Yeah. Why do I care what Jericho's weight is? Because the weights aren't real. Mm. Like, they're likely all just made up stuff. And yet... I wrote that down as a note as if it was important because they did make me think it was important. Because now you have a bit of extra detail going into that match. You're like, well, 
you know, Moxley's got the weight advantage, or, well, let's be honest, Jericho's probably got the weight advantage, but Moxley, you know, yeah. you can sort of put those details up against each other. It's a tale of the tape. Yeah, and as a someone who doesn't watch boxing, which I think was quite clear by me on the review saying Tyson Fury was celebrated for doing a boxing, um, and I've, I don't watch MMA, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what someone having a weight advantage means. Well, it just means you've got more power behind the punches. The only time I've ever known what weight advantage means is when people were facing Yokozuna. I'm like, well, okay, I can, I can physically see that that man over there has a distinct advantage in this match. But I, I actually was really into this weigh-in. Yeah. This is my first ever weigh-in, uh, oh. WrestleTalk fans. Wow. Swaff Nation. I've never seen one before. You popped your weigh-in, Sherry. <laughs> I did. Uh, so Jericho does some local sports team or just local geographical location, heat. He said this place is a piece of S. My favourite line of his, though, is when he <laughs> tells the crowd to shut their ass. So this is the second time he said shut your ass. Yeah, I, it's a great heel line because it makes no sense. I, well, I, I, it kind of implies your mouth is an ass. But yeah, it still makes <laughs> no, no sense. sense. I, I think this will be his catchphrase yeah. for the next couple of months. Um, like Jericho's not getting on the weigh-in thing. He keeps stalling. Excalibur has this fantastic line where he's like, Jericho knows as soon as he gets on those scales, he's sealed his fate. Yeah. That's why he's stalling. Uh, Jericho mouths off to Mox. So Mox just decks him in the head, presumably busting him open hard way. Jericho had to get seven stitches. Yeah, he looked, and he looked slightly out of it as well. well like, I, yeah, I, I mean, thought he was selling right, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I, that's what I wasn't sure on this because like he you know, hit him hard enough to, to bust him open. And then Jericho was selling it, and like, you know, a lot of people are around him and sort of like, let's all fight away from Jericho for a <laughs> bit. Yeah, well, what, hopefully it was a lot more worked because I, you know, when there's safer ways to do it, there's really no, what, purpose for busting someone open a hard way mm -hmm. well, with what we know about concussions now but then it just goes the crazy it's not overbooked it's perfectly booked Dustin runs down he brawls with Hager they brawl off into the concourse area that's where the dipping dots yep. spot dipping happens. dots happen dipping dots <laughs> throws him into the sort of uh, convenience bits uh, then Darby runs in with a skateboard. He got one over on Sammy earlier. So Sammy gets one over on him now. Gets the skateboard, hits it on Darby. Breaks the skateboard oh, over him. Such good symbolism. And he gets that heat back from earlier. And then Sammy gangs up on Mox with Jericho. Mox is out. So Jericho hits the Judas elbow on him. Then a paradigm shift on on from Jericho onto the scales. Yeah, It's just... There's was, so much symbolism there. That. Really, really good stuff. I, I see a man with an eye patch, blindness, which a lot of this feud's been about. Old school biblical revenge, eye for an eye. And now you bring scales into the mix. It's just like this whole ancient <laughs> exploration of justice. Yeah. It's just incredible. It was a really, really good segment. <laughs> I really, really liked it. And we'll, this is a go home show. <laughs> This is a go-home show. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, when you're right, you're right. Because I am excited for every match on that card that they built. That they built over time to get exponentially more interesting and dramatic. And now we've got a series of cliffhangers for this Saturday. Fantastic. Flawless. Last week's was a five out of five show. This has got to be a five out of five show as well. I'm, I'm not going to give it a five out of five show because I do think the Nyla Statlander stuff is unforgivable. Yes. Like everything they did was so <laughs> on the money that that 
that is, it's un you cannot get away with that. I think that's really poor. Form. It is bad, yeah. So let's do the rest of these super chats before we get out of here, unless we've got any Patreon shows. No, that we, did, that we did the last we've one done on Raw. Right, so Liu Jihao, thank you to our mod for translating the Chinese name. And we probably still said it wrong. I think it was a shame they didn't do the MJF and Cody angle with the first stipulation more. Still a great show though. Yeah, it's kind of what we were talking about last week with that you play up to the Cody can't touch him anymore, which mm -hmm. is the simplest of those like stipulations. I do think they could have done something around that. Larry, I think the leader of the J Dark Order is someone not hinted at or teased to, like someone like Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Hey, man. The well, Dark the, Order, man. I, I, they've done it to such an extent now, I don't think... I don't think anything's going to fully work, unfortunately. <laughs> All Elite DK. Uh, YB mentioned, Young Bucks. Young Bucks mentioned, Bullet Club and ROH. What's happening? Is it a hint for a new relationship? Dark Order said uh, CD, Christopher Daniels, will be absolute, obsolete. Broken Matt confirmed. Yeah, that seemed, well, you think it's a red herring. I think it's a red herring. Um, the Bullet Club and ROH stuff, I just think they're saying it and hoping for the best. Yeah, I mean, they're looking to get that shoe <laughs> pop. Like, you know, they, the, the thing that popped you, that's what they're looking for, is, you know, saying ROH to people go like, <gasps> they said ROH, what does that mean? CM Punk's famous pipe bomb promo. Maybe yeah. I'll go back to ROH. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? All Elite DK, Darby's gonna kill you chants were awesome. Three crying with laughter emojis. I'm really, I, yeah, man, there's so many matches I'm looking forward to on that card. Mm. We are gonna do a podcast review of it. Uh, Ollie and I will be reviewing it on Monday. Yeah. Um, so while I won't be able to watch it live with you, we'll be able to review it with you all. Pavi let Andy out of his cage. Omega intro finally doesn't <laughs> make him look like a loser. Buck's helping Omega. Cassidy does a suicide dive to Blade or Butcher. What are the rules? First EQ. Well, no, I mean, but it was behind the referee's back. The referee didn't see it. Yeah. And uh, the first DQ, that all makes sense. But the rules are very, you know, consistent, I would argue. Uh, DJ Mayer. Now they are, anyway. They weren't, they weren't in those early days. My fiance has never had an interest in wrestling. She was in the room when I started Dynamite. She ended up loving the whole wow. show. AEW is so amazing. That's very cool, man. That is so cool to hear. Because, well, you from a personal perspective, you can enjoy this fantastic experience together. But also, what a good litmus test for AEW as a whole. A like she, you know, AEW are helping people just break through. And a woman, no yeah. less. Uh, Trenton Brown, Darby's a skater, dresses in all black and paints half his face. Adult me thinks he's cool, but 13-year-old me would think he's the greatest thing ever. Abso-friggin-exactly. Yeah. Abso-bloody-lutely. To yeah, totally right. Yeah, couldn't agree more. 13-year-old me didn't, you know, didn't find skaters cool. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why the oh, disconnect man. is. Then year old me was going to see Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> it's, that's why I like him. All Elite DK again. Man Revolution is stacked. Cody versus MJF. Young Bucks versus Page and Omega. Jericho versus Mox. Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Dustin Rhodes versus Jack, Jake, Jack's, Jake, Jake, Hager. Jake Hager. Darby Allen versus Sammy. Revolution will be hashtag too sweet. I mean, you've missed out. 
one match, Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander, yeah, yeah. but it had all that build. Yeah. Noah Fortner, <laughs> I'm beyond sad that I have to work this Saturday night because I've never been more excited for a wrestling pay-per-view and every match on its card. I'm doing something very cool this weekend that I'm, I cannot wait for, and I, I'm gutted that I'm doing it because what I would much rather be doing <laughs> is watching Revolution. Noah Fortner, I don't know what it is about Derby, but damn! But damn! Uh, hard emoticon. Uh, Lego1604, since the Dark Order is all about the many a one, wouldn't it be interesting if the exalted one is actually mm. several people? I, yeah. Hmm. I d it, yeah, that is an interesting way to take it. I don't think it would work just because there's already quite a few different leadership figures there. Yeah, muddies the water ever so slightly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat. Great name. I'm still hoping uh, the Exalted One is Raven. Yeah, or TEW. He's talking about um, the, I think it was Total Extreme Warfare, which was the um, wrestling management game where you book matches on shows. So maybe that, maybe he hopes that management system <laughs> is Raven. All Elite DK, New Japan version of Omega is back. The five-star machine is here. I hope so. And uh, he f also follows up. I only mentioned the matches which were built well. Yeah. Yes, we were being sarcastic yeah. about Rose and Statlander. But yeah, Omega really does feel like New Japan. I saw that a lot in uh, the reviews. It feels like Bullet Club G1 Omega yeah. is back. And we, yeah. when we, um, not G1 is in the New Japan G1, we're talking about Transformers Generation 1. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Omega is back. He's going to come out in like that purple <laughs> design. Uh, right, let's do some WrestleTalk related one. Uh, Amro said, what is the origin of who really is Byron Saxton? I always burst out <coughs> in laughter. I just say there's a joke format, you know, speech writing format as well, the rule of threes. I needed, I had two questions uh, to sort of pose in a script three years ago, and I thought I'd just put in a stupid one at the end. Who really is Byron Saxton? And then it, it, it sort over. of got over, yeah. Um, dances with AK-47s. Uh, I cringe every time Ollie says he doesn't get Jeff Hardy. How? A good-looking artistic high flyer, nobody like him. How do you not get him? I know it's shocking, dances with AK-47s, but not everybody likes the same stuff. <laughs> In the, in the, the most popular, wild, uh, like overly consented thing in the world, there'll still be a few people like oh, I don't get it. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not going against it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying for me personally, it doesn't connect with me in the way he obviously does with so many other people. There are weird people out there <laughs> who don't like Star Trek: The Next Generation. They just exist. Yeah. Yeah. My lady partner. <laughs> Joe Ray said, "Skip Ollie. Short shorts for the win." Yep. It's the AJ, AJ Lee oh, punishment yeah. video. Oh, yeah, where are you doing that? I well, mean, I know, we're, I know we're busy. busy at the I moment. know we're busy, but that's, I wasn't saying, like, dude, why haven't you done it? Because I know we haven't had time. My question was more like, are we doing it next week? I don't know when, okay. because Elimination Chamber's next week, too. Is it? Mm -hmm. Oh, crikey. Eight, you're doing it. I know I'm doing it. <laughs> Just, I don't know it's next week. Uh, Omni slash one. My big hairy balls! Keep up the great work, guys. <laughs> I'm glad that it's it's uh, it's difficult to make people enjoy advertisements. Yeah, but my big hairy balls got over. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Preston Prince the Third, for your very generous donation with no comment. And all Elite DK with the last one. Spoiler alert: I'm the exalted one. Three crying with laughter emojis. Oh, there had to be someone. Wow. What are your thoughts on the cut? I uh, well, I've only seen the first episode. 
it's kind of hard to sneak in around my lady partner and the fact I'm trying to do... You heard about... Um, it's not really in vogue anymore. It's called reading a book. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to yeah. read books more. Yeah. And something's got to give. I still haven't finished season two of Succession, and I paid money for that series on Amazon. Wow. I bought it like I would a DVD. You, Mark. It was the same price as a DVD. I find that quite resenting. Yeah, because you're not getting the actual physical media itself. You're just getting a code. But yeah, what, what was I ever buying it for the physical object or was it the content? So I shouldn't really be down yeah. on it. You, you That's what I hate about the, people. Exactly, you just wanted the content. Yeah. Um, we've got quite a few emails. Sorry, did you actually have? But yeah, I, I thought the card was really good. I, we've kind of spoken about yeah. it before. It's just annoying that all the fun action stuff gets in the way of Logan. <laughs> I, tell, I, I, was up, I, was, I went back home over the weekend and my dad loves Star Trek. That's the mm. one binding thing that we have mainly together yep. uh, because he just doesn't have any hobbies, but he loves Star Trek. Mm. <clears throat> we always used to watch it together. And that he didn't know that there was one new Star Trek series out, let alone two. Wow. And I said, Dad, Dad, look, here is the remote control. Because he asked me what Netflix was. I tell him this every time I go around that. I saved up money. Two years ago, I bought my parents a proper TV mm. for Christmas. I remember that big Yeah. Thing. Remember you uh, lording that over your sister. I was like... Yes, that was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's got Netflix on that. And I tell him all the time, look, you were always complaining about mum watching soaps. This is your portal to watching the sci-fi stuff you love. Yeah. And he's like, great, I'm going to do that. Never, never <laughs> does. I was like, look... There's this thing called Star Trek Discovery out. It's a new Star Trek. And he was like, oh, it's got a woman as a, as a captain again. Like, get, get past that, Dad. Jason Isaacs is in it too. Yeah. And then I was like, and there's also Picard. So it blew his head. We watched the trailer to, to give him a flavour of it. My God, that Picard trailer. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I found myself welling up a bit. Yeah. It made my wife want to watch the show. Yeah. She does, she's <laughs> never seen an episode of TNG. But she was like, I really want to watch that show. But that's why I text you being like, mm. is it going to be, is there almost too much closed off for her as someone who's not watched TNG? No. It's amazing how much we've spoken about Picard and I've only watched one episode And I've still. yet to watch an episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that subject, actually, we had this email in from Balafigs UK, who we uh, see crop up in YouTube comments oh, yeah. uh, quite a lot and, uh, and on Twitter. Uh, he said, hey, Luke and the gang, I noticed you spoke about Lost briefly on a recent podcast and I was hoping you could answer this. What exactly did you not enjoy about the show? I'm currently on season five of my second watch of the whole show, and I have to say it's my favorite show ever. I only watched it for the first time last November, so maybe binge watching Lost is a way more enjoyable than the, how you did it back in the day. You had to mm. wait week on week for another episode, and then a year for something uh, for the next season. I hope you don't fall into the category of thinking they were dead the whole time, because I cannot believe so many people thought that when it ended back in 2010, when they explained what actually happened so clearly. I get that maybe there have been a few unanswered questions, but I think a few of those are good to allow for a viewer interpretation. But I bet online that you can find answers to 99% of your questions. Anyway, I thought I'd ask as I really want to hear the wider, more specific opinions on the show. Thank you. Oh, it's difficult. I haven't really thought that much about Lost since it ended. And when? 2009? 
Well, I mean, he said it ended here back in 2010. 2010. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I remember, because the, they had, they like, live, not live streamed it, but they simulcast it around the world, didn't they? So, like, when it aired in the US, it also aired around the world at the same time, so that everyone could watch the, the finale of Lost at the same time. Because there were some people in my work who I think were late into work, so they could watch it. And I was like, you sad bastards, you're never going <laughs> to find out anything, because the show's very poorly written. Yeah, as... I, as and I was proved right. As you would come in late off the back of a nonsense WWE pay-per-view. Exactly. That didn't, uh, that didn't answer any, <laughs> any questions, questions either. either. <laughs> it really is. My frustrations with Lost are the same frustrations with WWE. There was never really any clear plan. They were making stuff up as they went along. And then they tried to swerve one too many times. And it ended up just being what we all thought it was in the first place. And it's... Paul Dini, the it was Paul Dini, wasn't it? The Batman writer, Batman, and the Batman animated, animated the series animated writer. Series, yeah, great writer. I always like his story to sum up my feelings towards it because this is exactly how I was. I watched season one, genuinely not just for me, but I think for the larger television industry, it changed TV. It was great. Lost's pilot was the f most expensive pilot ever made I at can, that point. I, st I remember the hype around that show when it came out. It also came out just at the right time as well because DVD box sets were becoming mm. a big thing. So like that like Lost became, I was at, it was a university, so like every single university student house had Lost series yes. one on DVD. Yeah, with uh, was it Matthew Fox? Yeah, on the front cover. On the front, not with a J. <laughs> and that, kept, that pilot was the most expensive pilot ever made. It lost the guy who commissioned it, his job, he was fired because Disney, I believe, own ABC. It was an ABC show. Yep. Uh, they said, what the hell are you doing? No one's going to watch this show. Why did you spend so much money on it? And that it became their most successful show up until that point of all time with the DVD sales, with the ratings, because that first series was really quite new in terms of telling a story on mainstream TV. There was Sopranos in pre-existence already. That was telling a story over time. That was like the, that was the genesis of prestige TV. Yeah, but that was on HBO. That was still behi essentially behind a subscription service. This was net network TV using those lessons from, mm -hmm. uh, fr from HBO for, for something a lot more broad. And a lot of it is A-level philosophy. It's not no, it's nowhere near as intelligent as it thinks it is. No. But it's still really quite exciting, especially as a teenager, to be introduced to those ideas in a very exciting way. With like quite, quite an innovative but largely repetitive flashback format, mm -hmm. which they ingeniously turned on its head around season four when they started doing flash forwards. It was a really good twist. But then they, you know, they sort of confused structural flashbacks with no let's literally travel in time <laughs> it just it became just such a hodgepodge of half-baked ideas and paul dini back to that story he saw series one loved it couldn't wait to find out what the answers to the questions were when he joined the writing team in season two he walked in and he was like right tell me what the smoke monster is and they didn't know yeah and that's that's like a fact that's yeah. that they didn't know what it was. JJ well, has been on record a lot saying, "Yeah, we were making it up as we went along." Mm. Like JJ and um, Damon Lindelof. Damon Lindelof were all saying, "Like, yep, we had no idea where we were going with this. Every time a new season starts, we didn't know. We sort of knew what an end point was, but we didn't really know how we were getting there. So we would just make it up week to week." Mm. And 
that for me is very, very poor thinking. I also think it was quite toxic in that because the first series was just, here's a load of questions, and then we've got a big tease for this even bigger question. And then when you start season two, it just asks more questions. It basically kind of like told other writers and other studios and other networks, ah, so the secret to success is just ask questions and never give answers. Mm. Heroes had the exact same oh, problem. Yeah, yeah. Heroes was all about questions <coughs> and never giving answers. So every show all of a sudden just became this whole hodgepodge of ideas, as you said, of just like, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next, with everyone thinking like, well, let's answer some of these questions first before we start asking new questions. Yeah, and one of the most dramatic ways to make that work is, yeah, you, you set up these mystery questions and then you provide an answer for a question that was so long ago that the audience almost forgot and they're like, oh my God, yes. But you, you're also set up three other questions. This is gonna sound facetious, but it's not. I genuinely think it's an amazing film. Maze Runner does this perfectly. <laughs> yeah. The Maze Runner movie, the sort of answer, question, mystery, yeah. solve, is, is perfectly structured in that film. Exactly, and you can always do the getting answers asks more questions. Mm. But you have to have that answer there as opposed to just being like, and here's another question. And here's another question. It is all cocktees. Yeah. There is no happy endings. I, I gave up after episode two, episode one of season two because that's when I realised there was never they weren't going to answer anything, and I was like, I'm 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 tapping out because I'm not wasting my time watching this. You were a bit older than me, more mature. I used that sort of anxiety and questioning over the show's creative direction to make me entrench myself further. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to ignore those concerns by saying, no, it is the greatest show ever. I've told this story before. I had the numbers on my laptop screensaver when I was a teenager, and I had to enter them every 104 minutes. Really? Otherwise, it would start an alarm going. I think it was 104, 102, Whatever something like that. Yeah, and it was, you know, that was, I, I had no qualms with that. You know, obviously only when it was out, only yeah. when it was awake, it wasn't when I was asleep. But I was obsessed with that show, yeah. obsessed. And it was around the same time that Weezer were releasing new material that wasn't what I wanted Weezer to be. Yeah. Based on their 90s stuff. And it's, it was just this slow journey of me realizing <laughs> that nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I think does the, the questions answers more questions brilliantly is um, Donnie Darko. Oh yeah, that's a good one, I think very so. good example. So I studied Donnie Darko at school because um, it had just come out on DVD. Um, as I, I did like my, my media studies paper on how movies use time travel to tell a story. Mm. And I did uh, Bill and Ted, Back to the Future and um, Donnie Darko. Because Donnie Darko is really, there's so much subtext in the film. Yeah. And there is an answer at the end, but that answer doesn't really answer things. But it sort of does, but it's, there's a lot of your interpretation in there. And there was so much, like, right, it was like early days of like online writing and people writing their theories of what the ending of Donnie Darko means. I think that is what Lost was aiming to do, but couldn't do it as well. Totally, totally. You've interestingly picked a decade movie, you know, Back to the Future, very 80s movie, yeah. Bill and Ted, totally 90s. I'd say Donnie Darko. Came out in uh, 89, but I get your point. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. 
But Donnie Darko feels so noughties, yeah. early noughties. That was another DVD that everyone had. Yes, that it sort was, of yeah. metallic bunny head. But not a S Darko. No, that's the sequel, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I was cool enough to have Harvey, the, the Jimmy Stewart yeah. 1940s movie that it was sort of inspired by. When I was, so I was at school when Donnie Darker came out, obviously, because I was yeah, doing my yeah. media A-levels. But I was uh, in a band, and there was another band from another school that we used to play a lot of gigs with, and their drummer had the numbers that wow. Donnie had tattooed on his arm. Um, he was very cool. Mm. And I'm sure that tattoo has stood the test of time. <laughs> Um, all right, well, that's actually taken up more time than I thought it was going hey, that's to. lost. That is <laughs> lost for you. It is not an easy subject. Um, but this all also came in from Ben, who said, Hello there, Luke, and everyone else at Rest Talk. I promised I'd send over a pic of my Scott Pilgrim tattoo. Oh, cool. So Speaking here of it tattoos. I uh, hope you enjoy. I loved getting it. Attached is a reference to go with as well. Only difference is he's wearing his jacket from the movie. Lots of love. And always from a $5 pledge hammer slash pod swafter. There is his tattoo. Oh, that's cool, man, Benjamin. The picture reference nice. as well. Yeah. I, uh, so kind of loosely connected, Scott Pilgrim, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ramona Flowers. I'm in lesbians with her. I watched Birds of Prey yesterday. <gasps> yes, you did. What did you think of it? I thought it was very entertaining. Yeah, it is. That's all it is. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of comic book movies, that's not good enough. <laughs> But in the grand scheme of DC oh, yeah, movies, it's a home run, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Mops brow. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. It's it's really fun, but it's it's trying to be Deadpool and it's also trying to be Guardians, and it is nowhere near in the same league as either of those films. No, but and actually, I tell you what, actually, what it does have over everything else is the energy and vibrancy of a comic book. Yeah, like the actual experience of reading a comic book with flashbacks and narration, and, and it's twenty minutes shorter. Yes, yeah, yeah that is nice. Got it to breeze. Mm. Like when that film finished, and I was like, that, that those two hours flew by. And I looked at my watch and realised it had only been on for an hour and forty. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Hollywood has listened. We don't need two-hour movies. We two-hour movies work fine if you've got two hours worth of material. But what I think. Disney are very bad for, and a lot of studios mm. are very bad for, is that they feel that you have to have two hours at a minimum, even if you've only got an hour and 40 worth of material. Definitely. And Harley Quinn, or Birds of Prey, whatever the film's called these days, only had an hour and 40 worth of material. So it did not stretch itself out for another 20. And that, I think, is a very... Uh, that, you know, that's something that Zack Snyder really could have learned from with Batman v Superman, mm. which somehow was too long and also too short at the same time. It's... it's it's ingenious in its own failure. <laughs> there will be papers written about that in sort of like 10 years time, sort of marvelling at what a mess it is. It was an open goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The DCEU, like, you know, in its sort of like entirety, really was just an, an open goal that was massively missed. Anyway, shall we get out of here? Uh, because we don't have a Friday Magazine show this week. No, well, we will be here with tomorrow, though, with Super will, Showdown. Yes, but there could be no intro and outro on it. So yes. the point I was getting to. So we're not going to do an intro and outro on tomorrow's show because it will be our Super Showdown review, Super, Super, Super Showdown review. And then Pete and Andy will be back on SmackDown. Who knows who's going to be at that SmackDown show? <laughs> we haven't uh, really spoken about AEW Revolution. I guess we should do that on Monday, me and you. I'm going to be watching it live. Yeah. Are you doing, so what are you doing the review for? Are you doing a review? Oh, well, I do, do an edited review, but we yeah. won't do like a podcast review on the Sunday, of course. Should we do it on the Monday? We'll do it on the Monday. Yeah, we'll do the podcast. I cannot wait. Which is good, because I mean, I was planning on getting up early on Monday to watch it anyway, because mm. I'm not going to be able to watch it live, which I'm actually gutted about. It's because I'm <laughs> 
Everyone else can join me and Randy Andy Datsun. There was no one else. We tried. <laughs> On the YouTube channel watching Revolution Live. Oh, I'm so jealous. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I've been Luke Owen. You can follow me at This Is Luke Owen. Ooh. Trying a new thing. You're at Ollie Davis. We're on uh, at WrestleTalk underscore TV, WrestleTalk.official on Instagram. Mm. Um, we're doing a lot more stuff on the, the socials now, thanks to uh, the brilliant Abby. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a little, press that follow button. Press the, the, the follow button and, and make the follow numbers go up. And if you're on iTunes, give us a little rating and review. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.